Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Please go to tacticalpermaculture.com to read my blog, watch my videos, view my photos, access web applications, and click on the join membership link to access exclusive features. December 9th, 2023. This is episode 90, and I am celebrating, commemorating. Now it's slightly over one whole year, the first year of my life, 100% beyond civilization. Unfortunately, not meaning that I did not have any inputs from civilization uh, in order to to survive. Um, I'm not that free yet. I'm not that self-sufficient yet. But in terms of geographically being located beyond the city limits uh, of any city for for one full rotational cycle of the earth, one revolution of the earth around the sun. Um, that's the way it works, right? <laughs> I think that's the way it works. So, I, it's worth noting a few thoughts. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of people, thankfully, on this planet that have never even encountered civilization and therefore from their perspective uh, I'm just barely getting to know the earth nowhere near a way approximate to the way they know it but it feels like uh, as much of a nature boy as I've tried to be I've still always been mostly a city slicker and uh even if I was going back and forth, yeah, this is this is a full. It's been a full year where I haven't set foot off my property, <laughs> or I haven't set foot uh, far more than a more than a uh, a brief excursion, um, just hiking around the uh, the area. But that means no driving. That's that's meant no driving and no yeah no going to town or anything just being out on my land doing my thing and uh yeah there's been one delivery of supplies in that whole time so very brief human contact for that delivery exchange to happen and that's been it so it's been solitude and isolation for that whole year and I think about, yeah, there's all the people on Earth that that have never lived in civilization. Lucky them. And then there's people who, I know there's people all over the place who, uh, they already live in the sticks and they they live rurally and maybe they're in their hermetic phase of their life. So I don't think it's that uh, profound or that even, not even that abnormal but it is something for every individual. I don't, you know, I don't know how many individuals who have broken free in that way or broken away in, in that way. 
have commemorated it or had a forum to do so. For me, because this is really an experiment of breaking free and being liberated from the psychological and financial and in, in, in all other ways, dependencies and inter, uh, entanglements with, um, with the systems that run the cities. And uh, it's a triumph of finding the balance of uh, breaking free from all those things and, uh, and, and knowing what to take with you, knowing what to top off when you get resupplied and knowing how to trade in 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 the markets uh given that my my pretty much uh the majority of my it's 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 actually uh there's nuance to whether it's how it's considered income or not but the majority of my spending money which i try to spend very frugally only on the things that i need the tools equipment supplies foods and medicines and whatnot um, to to survive on this property and nothing really grandiose beyond that. Um, I'm happy to say that I have, I hope I have everything I need for a while. Like I, I want to scale in the regenerative supplies and equipment and gear and whatnot, uh, like scale up the solar system the solar power battery backup system and uh scale up the rainwater catchment tarp tarpage square footage under rainwater catchment um but i want to do more with less and i feel like i had to spend a lot there's a lot of front loading of just odds and ends just to be able to get this project site livable and workable and uh it's not commercially viable. I'm not producing anything other than my memoirs of my experience, really, and photos and videos to share uh, in the hopes of being supported uh, just as a uh, ecological human ecology researcher of sorts. But it's been, yeah, very... So that source of income or that source of spending money has been trading digital assets and... Um, it's been it's been rough. It's been, um, but I'm still very blessed and very privileged. So I don't complain, even though <laughs> there are things that could be better. There's things that could be a lot worse, though. So I, I'm extremely grateful for the uh, this now, not just one year of the one year of isolation, it is the third or almost fourth year of living off-grid or yeah about, about almost three solid years of being a hundred percent off all grids um, but I had been going back and forth during that time it was only this last year that I did the calculations to be okay I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can if I can pull off being here without leaving for a year, and I and I have, so <laughs> is there anything profound? Really, just uh, living by the living by the circadian rhythms and living by the seasons. I it's it's just it's it's bizarre this this effect that has happened that I, I it's hard to explain, but 
if I had to think of a few insights that I've learned, at least personally, I don't know if they would apply to anyone else, but it's the summer, the, the summer heat is so extreme and the, and the winter cold is not that extreme, but it is, it affects everything when basically you're living outside. I mean, I live in a bamboo hut, tiny home, and there's no, the only, the only thing sheltering me, the only thing sheltering me from the sun is, is like a tin roof, basically. And the only thing sheltering me from the cold is the, the, the canvas drop cloth and, and wool blankets that I, that I, uh, I sleep under, and then the multiple layers of uh, thermal pants and and long sleeves, and then you know uh, the beanie hats and whatnot. But I've I've got I've got a number of layers on. I even layer up socks, diabetic socks. I'm not diabetic, but they're really stretchy, and they work great to be able to just stack them up. So they're like bamboo sock boots after you put on like three, four, five layers. And uh, it's it's beautiful to be that close with the elements, um, but it's so all-consuming of, of life and of, uh, of just the state of mind is, is so engulfed in the extremes of the, uh, of the seasons that... Uh, this weird effect happens where and by the, by the time it's the middle of the winter i can't even remember what it was like in in the in the, the in the summer and vice versa <laughs> and you uh I, the summer is definitely in, tor- insanity inducing extremely agonizing torture nonstop 24/7 for 3 even this time closer to 4 months but i cherish the winter even when it's cold, it's not that cold and I can buffer up with the layers. I can still get comfortable and I can get a lot done. So yeah, between um, in the, the shorter days and the circadian rhythms, going to sleep when the sun goes down and getting up, it's still very cold. In fact, it's the most cold around the time when I get up, but I don't mind layering up for it. and. Uh, making the most of the day, catching, a, catching up on a lot of tasks that I could not do over all the summer months where it was impossible to, to work when the sun was out pretty much. Um, and not much easier when the scorpions are out at night and, uh, and you can't layer up and you don't even want to wear shoes and boots because it's, so, it's just so nasty. It, it gets so nasty because it's so hot. So this is a very precious and sacred time that I'm in now, and the the fact that I'm able to um, to real my dream life is amazing. The giving myself permission to snuggle up in my blankets and let dreams take their course, sometimes fading in and out of the same ones. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's nice to live by the rhythms of nature and it, it's, it's worth noting that the uh, stepping out of the taking, driving 
at high speeds for granted paradigm makes me very uh, critical of of that paradigm and it makes me wonder why the question isn't renewable energy transportation modes that are human powered and thus far less lethal versus ratcheting up extremely uh, destructive environmentally destructive to to uh, to to extract um, materials for electric vehicle batteries so that you can compete with the paradigm of fossil fuel powered vehicles and maintain the same speeds and <laughs> as some people would brag have 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 even more uh kind of horsepower or acceleration power as if that's a great as if that's all great you know it's like that's to me kind of sad and I have a, a perspective now from where I'm at thinking it's really such a deal with the devil to gamble with your life and your family's life for just basic everyday logistics to 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 work out you have to buy into that 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 cult of 75 miles an hour or whatever 90 for most people when it's a 75 zone and just uh yeah it's changed me a lot when i did go back out when i would go back out phone off both hands on the wheel eyes forward just really feeling far more attuned to the reality of what's actually happening which is not inherently not safe inherently not sane and so it's it's another effect i would say yeah if you have to do something that is intrinsically life-threatening and dangerous every day you can't analyze it and really feel it otherwise you'll go crazy so you numb out to it and that's called living in the city <laughs> that's called crossing the street <laughs> as a pedestrian it's 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 everything that is just it's just when you take a step back you realize there's no need for human populations to design where they dwell where they move how they access resources for for it for it to always be a layer upon layer upon layer of potential catastrophe chemical explosions dog bites <laughs> i mean there's just no limit to the hazards that we impose on ourselves in the city and uh the things that can go wrong for me outside of the city that list of things that can go wrong is far far reduced and the things that can go wrong are, are kind of, for me, honorable ways to, to meet my, my fate. If I get hit, I mean, getting hit by lightning or killed by a scorpion somehow, um, being cooked to death by the sun, I, for me, call me a hippie, <laughs> call me old-fashioned. I'd rather that than any of the unnecessary mangling and maiming and toxic deaths that that occur uh and mass in urban existence even if you're not in a war zone 
which is uh, in and of itself becoming more more looming on the horizon for for the civilized world to to uh, be embroiled in combat. So that's another interesting point, and uh, the, just the uh, the perspective that that I have gained putting in perspective what I think is a more a more wise perspective just <laughs> having taking a step back from all the hazards and saying I really want to minimize them if I can cut them out completely I will if not I want to minimize them and when I encounter them I want to be fully present and fully conscious so that I can not be numbing out and minimizing them but actually feeling like I'm trying to do my best and do my part not to be part of the problem of distracted driving or even distracted <laughs> crosswalking, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, just situational awareness. Yeah, uh, ratcheted up pretty pretty high because I want to get back here. I want to get whatever I need to get done out there done without incident. And I'm going to pray that uh, the good faith efforts I put into making this land livable, that I'll always be able to come back here and in one piece and uh, without without catastrophe. And I will pledge to do my part to uh, make the world out there safer for other people who have to live in it and uh, if there's not much I guess another thing I could say is what do I miss well I do have dreams about burritos <laughs> I do have that and, and the people that came to bring my supplies they blessed me by hooking me up with uh, with a burrito from my, my favorite place and that was almost so so divine I don't know I wish I could somehow I wish I could get that matrix camera and slow everything down <laughs> extra super slow-mo because you know, yeah eating your favorite meal from your favorite restaurant it you just wish you could make it last forever but one burrito in a year that's that that is some serious discipline that is some serious sacrifice you know there are times in my life where i would have been very uh shall we say frustrated about other things but at this point i have i'm culinarily frustrated and that's why i'm having dreams about burritos uh and uh yeah, I think maybe I'm I worked out a really nice green salsa for myself, but I have no chips to go with it. So maybe my destiny is to figure out how to do off-grid, off-road burrito stand for myself. <laughs> I think that's if if the markets go back up, I think I got to make sure I do not go another year with only one burrito a year. I got to be burrito self-sufficient. And uh yeah, I even have a journal where I, I've, I've kept, I've kept track of all of the, all the burrito joints I've been to over all the years, just so I can remember them and smile. There's something very uh, healing and 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 loving about 
about that experience that I've had in so many places and so much love put into that preparation of from the yeah from the the the, the fanciest restaurants to the the most uh, hole in the wall stands and whatnot. I do miss that a lot. And there's certainly some some old friends that I I miss, but I also kind of appreciate this experience of solitude being where I am in some ways kind of done making new karmic knots. If someone's meant to be in my life, if they're willing to follow my my epidemiological protocols, they'll be welcome to visit me here. But But for me personally, and I know this wouldn't be how everyone feels, I don't see it as any form of superiority or high ground or anything. But for me, after so much so many um, years of uh, of grinding poverty and victimization, trauma, suffering of all kinds. I know I got my list of privileges, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like I, I feel like I earned an early retirement from all the BS out there and certainly from the worst elements of it because I experienced a lot of them uh, throughout my life so try not to harm anyone else try not to let anyone else harm me and I have a grace of being able to be at peace in total solitude and I feel like um, it's like quitting while you're ahead you know most people would not most people I think are more socially integrated and I'm just one of those people who happens to yeah, either because I'm, either because everybody hates me, or because I'm, I wasn't cool enough, or whatever it is. But I don't blame them. I take responsibility and say to myself, you know, I'm not trying to be a social butterfly. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm being myself for myself, and that means what I'm doing is very authentic. Because there's no one, no one to impress. Uh, I do this show and. I've put other th- put things out because I feel like as a researcher, this is the product of my work. This is this is uh, sharing. This is like publishing a research paper as an academic or something. Documenting it, I think it's worthwhile, and not everybody gets to do it. So, even if, um, yeah, this if dear listener. What hearing me say this is maybe going to make you more interested in in experimenting with this kind of lifestyle or less, or maybe you're already in it. But uh, it is for someone to go the arc, the storyline, the life story arc of living on grid and then living off grid. I think every I think I'm interested in everyone's experience of that who does it because just camping and hiking and recreating and whatnot that's great and i'm all for that but the the shifts that happen when you do your own personal thoreauian walden pond kind of thing and everybody has realized they pulled different thorns out of their mind from life in the city and have 
you know, very exquisite paradigm shifts, perspectives, insights, and I'm trying to do my best to think about, yeah, from burrito dreams to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, being, being all consumed by the elements, uh, in the extreme temperatures to, uh, really thinking deeply about the, the treachery of the car culture paradigm and all the hazards that we impose on ourselves and each other and get you can get totally used to them and then still think it'll never happen to you it's nice to live at what my friend used to call a human scale you know meaning is what I need to survive within walking distance. Can I reach it <laughs> or climb, safely climb to get it? You know, if, if it's too far away and too high to reach or climb to or too, or buried too deep in the ground to get at with a shovel or a digging stick or bare hands, that's beyond the human scale. And I don't want to live like that. I don't need to live like that. I evolved on this planet. I didn't involve I didn't evolve on a cyborg planet or you know I evolved I evolved in nature on earth and while there's less and less of that to enjoy and to play in every day I got my postage stamp and I'm going to try to enhance the natural systems and heal them clean them up clean myself up and live and operate at a human scale and phase out any of the prosthesis of plastics and electronics and motors and whatnot. Eventually, if it's on my my last day on earth, I would like that last day to be spent wearing clothes that I made from fibers that I grew, eating from gardens that I planted Hydra, or, uh, irrigated with rainwater that I kept, that I captured, all natural, non-toxic, no toxic legacy, biodegradable, and then I'm out. <laughs> so wish me luck. One year closer. Cheers.